What is what is up? What is good, gamers? This is Shonef71, a.k.a. Digadulamite. Purple bling bling, y'all. Your auditory canals are locked into episode 221 of the Gaming Vessels podcast. Of course, I'm not in the digital studio alone. Along with me, got my partners in crime first on deck. We got Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the high-res lover. That's me. A.k.a. the cat daddy, a.k.a. that gamer step daddy. How's it going, man? Uh, Pretty good. Pretty good. Happy to be back. Happy to be talking about games. You know the good stuff. Let's do it. All right, all right. And, of course, our show is a no-go without Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. But you might also know him as the Food Max of Gaming, who can maximize your gaming dollar. What's up? Not much. Uh, glad to be back recording and uh, glad to be home. And I was mentioning the Dez. I'm just, like, doing all sorts of rudimentary stuff around here because we've been busy, busy, busy this last <laughs> week, week and a half, so... All right, all right. So we're actually going to get into that a little bit later on the show because you guys went to PAX. Yeah, PAX West 2023. So PAX West 2023. So we're going to have a full PAX review, overview, discussion for what you guys experienced. But, of course, our first topic on our docket, as always, is still going to be the playlist. All right, uh, Jabroni Chief, why don't you kick things off this week, man? Okay, yeah, usual stuff has been played. I have not played anything really truly new unless it was involved with PAX. Um, I was continuing my playthrough of Division 1, but uh, John BT kind of wanted to um, play Division 2 on our game night, and so I fired up that bad boy, and guess what? I have concurrent playthroughs for both Division 1 and Division 2 happening at the same time. So, And I am jumping back and forth, at least uh, from uh, both games, and it's it's been cool just to see both games like side by side, just to see the advancements um, that was made from... Division one and two, you know, uh, there's like little nuances though that kind of been throwing me off. Like, you know, the heel in Division one, you have to hold the uh, D-pad to the right and hold it down on there. Uh, the heel, no, that's actually you hold it down for Division two. In Division one, you just like tap it and you heal. So it's like <laughs> I, I find myself sometimes flipping back and forth as far as I have to make tell my mint myself mentally to be able to remember how the healing technique works in the in the said division title I'm playing at the time so on there but uh, I've created a new character I'm up to like level 10 on division 2 playing on PlayStation 5 I know Des joined us uh, for a playthrough I think that was a couple of, I think we talked about that last show actually so yeah. We did on there, but uh, I'm still continuing to play with John. Uh, I'm still doing like, you know, it seems like it's been becoming my game to throw on when I just want to talk and, and bullshit uh, while we play on PSN. 
on there. I'm still dabbling also as well with Tower of Fantasy. Um, you know, after we left for PAX, obviously, I haven't jumped back on. You know, I was thinking, I need to sign on and do my dailies, but that kind of fell the way of the dodo. And really, really and truly, in, in that game, it's like I haven't really seen the benefit of grabbing all the dailies as of yet. It's like more pulls so I could get more god-tier weapons, and it's like I'm still just kind of feel my way in that game a bit anyway so it's like you know um i'm not sure how motivated i am to sign on every day just to do my pull tabs you know it's like i'm sitting there playing lottery tickets or something you know so yeah that's kind of how i am with it right now as well i don't really uh get back on it as as much as i used to i mean i'll I'll still play it because it's still a pretty good game but am i like gonna be you know having to do something you know having to do it every day yeah definitely not Almost wishing the way that uh, you know the game would just exist on its own without the gotcha on there because I think that kind of takes away from it in a way. I think if it was just a dedicated like fifty dollar um, title that you know and take all that you know mechanic out of the business, that it might have benefited the game a little bit more as far as the pacing and whatnot. Especially because the menu system, like we said in prior episodes, is kind of obtuse. So <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I also have an opportunity because we, I was on the road and, uh, you know, taking the train up to Dez's and back that, uh, I was on Amtrak for a bit. And so I brought, you know, I didn't bring my switch with me on the trip. I thought about it, but I wanted to bring, uh, my steam deck with me. And so I have continued to play, uh, legend of heroes trails in the sky a bit. And, um, I'm kind of seeing, you know, from my travels to both Evo and now for PAX is that I see the benefit of having your Steam library on the go, at least, you know, you know be able to play the games that are compatible with the, that system. And so, yeah, Legend of Heroes Trails in the Sky has just been fun to play just on the go, just a little random jump in, jump out on there. Uh, I know Dez, I was telling him I was trying to play Torchlight 2 because we were playing that on PlayStation you know, earlier last month, and uh, I fired the, the Steam Deck, uh, Steam PC version of Torchlight 2, and the controller support basically was aping mouse and keyboard support for hmm. the game, and so even even though it was playable on the controller, it controlled way different than what it would on the uh, console version, so... So pretty much I went in and deleted that out of my Steam Deck. I'm not going to deal with trying to do some mouse and keyboard on a controller. So, you know, so. But uh, other than that, uh, that's pretty much all I've been up to uh, these uh, past two weeks as far as just, you know, normal gameplay is concerned. So. All right. So, Des, what you been up to, man? Uh, Well, just aside from, you know, getting a uh, a full dose, you know, of packs, um, uh, I, too, have not really played that many games. Although the two games that I have played are the big, the big um, releases. The kahunas. Yeah, the big kahunas. So I played Starfield and Baldur's Gate 3. So both completely different games, but... I think that they would have the same scope um, as, as you would say. And by scope, I mean, there's um, what it'd be called. Um, I'm trying to think of what it would be called. Um, it's like they, 
they have this grandiose nature about them because they are um they're super big titles so so you know you're going to be having like a lot of of time and effort to be put in into them in order to play them you know and so trying to pick which one to play uh has been has been kind of hard uh because i played a couple hours of both so I'll start with Starfield because that was the one that I first started playing first. So I I I turned on my Xbox, it's on. I downloaded a couple of other uh, games from Game Pass. You know that way I had something else to uh, to play if necessary. Um, so I turned it on and I it had to be updated, which is hilarious because. You know, I hadn't played it in a while, so it needed to be updated. So, you know, about an hour of updates, and then uh, I had to load it. And this game is pretty big, so so I had to load it all. And then once it was all done, you know, I sat down and I started playing it. And it's funny, because the game starts off really quickly, you know? It, it's funny, because it, it starts off like, like the old... Uh, uh, Elder Scrolls games, you know, you're, you're, you know, it, it you're kind of dazed, you know, as you, no, not dazed, but like, it just kind of opens up and you're being talked to by these people that are explaining what's happening and you're a minor and all this other stuff. And everything is first person, uh, just like it was in Skyrim. And then you can do the third person, although they have two different third person views. One is uh, completely over your right shoulder, like real close tied up. And then the other one is uh, uh, pushed back a little bit. So you can see a greater bit of the surroundings. So, um, so yeah, you basically start off and then you, you touch some rock or something and you get knocked out and then you wake up and you're invited to join the constellation, which or something like that, which is uh, basically going around looking for alien artifacts. And so, you know, you found an alien artifact that messed with your mind. So it sounds familiar because it is, it's like mass effect. Um, you basically touch something and it opened up your mind and you were able to, uh, you perceived something, but you're not really sure what you perceived. So you, you then, you know, join this group and then you get hitched to this woman and then you have to uh, try to find more evidence about about different stuff. So that's pretty much, you know, the game. So it's 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 uh, I don't know. It's it's not a bad game. It's just. You. You you play it, and it's like it's like a sim, but it's not, and it's like an experience. So it's not so much a game as it's like an experience that you're playing that Bethesda created for you to do. That way you can play it for a long time because there are these you know behind the hood systems. Like you'll be walking and someone you'll hear overshot someone say something. And then that's it, it'll pop up as like a side quest, you know, and it's like you can basically just get involved in these people people's lives if you want to, 
or you don't have to, or you can go to these, these like, um, uh, quest boards and you can do stuff for people, you know, if you want, if you want to, or don't want to. So it's sort of this, you know, you can kind of get lost in a bunch of different things if you, if you want. And that's kind of cool. Um, but at the same time, I wish it was a little bit more funk, uh, focused uh because it kind of is focused because you can basically just cut all that out and then go directly to your your um your next objective but everything that i've read and i've seen online is saying that you really shouldn't do that and the reason being is because you really should kind of like take your time with it because the the new game plus doesn't really add a ton of stuff to it but it adds a little bit more you know just just like a little bit more of, of stuff for the for you to do in the game you know because there's always some npc who has a quest there's always some planet that you can go to um and do some stuff on the planet so i can see where where it's a cross between mass effect and no man's sky kind of married together and i'm not really going to comment on the graphical display because i'm using you know the lesser of the two I, I i use an xbox s uh and the potato the potato and yeah the the potato and and the game looks fine again i'm not a high-res person but the game looks fine a little bit of chuggies every so often uh when you ride the trams and stuff so it definitely does not look next gen uh, at all um, it does look everything reminds me of skyrim or some other game so and i think that's to starfield's detriment as it as this doesn't seem entirely its own thing it seems like a rehash of a whole bunch of different things put together with slap with the bethesda uh logo on it you know and these again these are my 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 initial impressions i've only played about five maybe six hours of it so i've had combat i've had ship combat um i've you know got into the story um but i don't know there's the color palette's a little muted for my tastes just a little bit um i really wasn't all that jazzed with the um character creation um wait really but it, yeah it was just kind of and again maybe, maybe it's just because it doesn't look you know because it looks like it you're playing Fallout 4 or 3, um, whichever the latest one, latest one was. Uh, kind of, kind of, but it just, it, I guess because they went for a more realistic version of the game, you are, you're playing, you're basically playing what if, hey, what if NASA, you know, created a game, you know, and this is Starfield, you know, you know, <laughs> hey. You know, NASA created a game and wanted it to be as, as um, you know, the samey as possible. Yay, you know, this is what you did. Cool. You know, it, it's not, it, it just doesn't look, it just doesn't look like a fantasy setting. You know, they really, I don't know, they, they just really kind of, I don't want to say dumbed it down, but it's not as, fantastical as as other ones have been 
is, is all I'm saying. So it's just a lot different than 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 what I was expecting and actual putting it down and playing it. Is it a fun game? Um, the combat was the combat was fun. Um, the one thing about it is the third person combat you really got to get kind of used to um, because it stills kind of got that Bethesda third person jank on it. And if you've played a bunch of third person Bethesda games, you know what I mean. You know, it has that sort of like the targeting is, is just a little bit off. You know, you can't really line up your sights well. So it's definitely a game that was supposed to be played in first person. Like that game is built for first person um, and you can play it in third person if you want. But um, I feel that it really does somewhat diminish the experience. So um, and yeah, I mean, that's kind of what where I'm at. And I don't really like the main woman who's running with me right now. Like she's like one of the heads of the of the consolation place. And she's kind of a bitch. And I'm like, ugh, you know, I don't really. No, it's just like, I, I just don't like talking to her. You know, she's just kind of like all in my business. And 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 they're kind of snarky. It's like, like, I think Jill would hate it because whenever you pick up stuff and uh, they'll basically look at she'll look at you and be like, you know, are you satisfied with your hoarding or, or, you know, okay, it's time for you to sell something. <laughs> and I'm like, so what? you're being loot shamed pretty much. And I'm like, oh, yes, wow. it's exactly what's happening. And she's like saying all these snide comments to me. And I'm like, ew. <laughs> and so then like, so then I fill her up with a whole bunch of stuff and then I get more stuff and she's still talking shit. And I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just a very, it's like, it's like again it's like bethesda's pseudo like you know uh outer worlds you know too but it doesn't have the charm of outer worlds i don't know the the game is just kind of flat you know it's just Mm. it just feels kind of flat and there's nothing really pulling me to really want to play it and i think that's that's like, you can play it to experience it because it's a Bethesda game and it's, you know, science fiction and it's this and it's that, you know, but there hasn't really been anything in the first six, you know, hours that has really, like, hooked me that makes me want to say, okay, I'm going to play this game some more. Oh, okay, I can't wait to play this game. Like, it's just it's just not there. But, and you I, know, if you're, I, like, an Xbox fan and you've been waiting to play something, something... You think this game would be uh, satisfactory for that need to scratch that itch? Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. I could get really shady, and I'm not going to. You're not going to bait me, Joe. I see. No, you. I'm not. I'm just. I'm just putting it out there because you know We're it's like bait, you know sir. there's a lot of like second coming of of you know what out there are responses on the internet and defense forces and all this other stuff. Yeah coming out for the game on there. So I'm, I can't wait to give it a shot and see how it compares to Outer Worlds, No Man's Sky, and see, you know, it's different games, you know, obviously, but it's just uh, one to be able to see as far as how it compares, you know, whether it's just Fallout 4 in space, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. Again, it's just something has really kind of, kind of, you know, bit me on it yet. Uh, yeah. Okay, let, let me ask you this question. Sure. Um, 
So the way No Man's Sky handles interplanetary travel, comparing the two games, which one do you think does it more immersively or better? Oh, No Man's Sky, like 100%, no doubt. No Man's Sky, you actually come in and you land on the planet. Like, you literally fly down to the planet and you set down and you hop out of your festival and then you go on. This is not continuous. It is not. You there are there are like load screens in this game, you know, and when you go when you transition from like a city to the outside, there's a load screen. It goes dark, it opens up. When you when you go to a planet and you scan a planet for resources, you're looking for a spot to land. You click on that spot, it goes dark and then you and then you'll see like a cutscene of your your ship flying in. And then, you know, that'll go down and then you'll bam, you know, you'll you'll wake up or you, you know, the, the lights will go up and then you'll be landed and then you exit your ship. So, no, no, 100 percent. No Man's Sky in the bag. No, you can't argue like you, you try to argue, but no, no, uh, No Man's Sky is. And I think that's one of the things that's really kind of kind of really kind of hurt me a little bit is that there seems to be games that have just done it better, you know, and again, from so long ago. Yeah. But again, this is just my interpretation of it for now. Again, I have, I've only played a couple of hours, you know, and I'm going to play it more because I want to see exactly, you know, what is going on with this, uh, with, with the game. You know, so, so I'm so let, definitely let me ask you this. Let me ask you this sure. other question. So sure. both companies have bombarded us with SSD marketing speak, you know, when these consoles were about to launch. Uh-huh. And I've heard from a lot of people, both, you know, whether they're singing the praises of Starfield or being critical of it, uh-huh. saying that there's a ton of load screens where they feel that they shouldn't be. Uh-huh. Are you finding the load screens taking you out of the gaming experience or is it, or do they happen so quick that it's not really an issue? Oh, they're not quick. Like less than B 100. They are not quick. You know, they, they, they take their time and you're just kind of like, well, okay, I'm just going to have to wait for it. But again, that could be, that could be my the, the processing speed of of my of of my little potato. So, but no, it 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 definitely is not as quick as it could be. So there is that. Well, the series <laughs> S and X have the same SSD in them. So oh, well, then there you go. So it should I, that, <laughs> that it, there there shouldn't be a loading difference between the two. Well. Uh, it it just seems like it takes a little bit of time, you know, to do your stuff. And so I'm just kind of like, well, OK. Well, you know, so. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to buy a, I'm going to pick up a month of or I, I I don't know. Do they still sell Game Pass at month chunks, one month chunks? Or so. is it three and twelve? OK, well, whichever one is the shortest one. Uh, I'm gonna buy a, a chunk of a chunk of GP and uh, check out Starfield. Just see see what it is, and uh, you know, check it out. But uh, yeah, 
that. From what I'm hearing, even from people that are enjoying the game, it it, it doesn't sound enjoyable. Now, now, granted, I am not the biggest Bethesda fan. I think the last game I played was what was that Fallout Three? Which one came came out before New Vegas? Was it three or four? Or? Uh, three. Always, New three, Vegas. Four. And then four. Okay. Four. Okay. So yeah, I played three. Um, I didn't play four. And so maybe I'm just maybe I'm just not the Bethesda guy, but. Just regardless of who is is doing because doing the review or doing the overview, rather the impression of I'm just not getting it doesn't sound like a like a fun game for me. And coming from board to tears with that, actually, because there is like a lot of talking at the beginning. Like you it's like you go and you talk, you do something then there's a battle, which is kind of cool because it tells you how to do like your battle and everything. And then you're whisked away. And then you spend a shit ton of time, you know, getting loaded in and, and how you're and how you're doing it. Well, that's not true. You, you you have to you have to do something, you know, with some pirates at the beginning. And so you get a you get a little bit of taste of the action with it. Um, and they teach you ship combat and they teach you you know, the other stuff. So, yeah, I mean, you do get, you know, you do definitely get uh, some action within the first couple of hours, but but it really is kind of one of those things where you have to be like, you know, you kind of got to, God, I, I don't want to give it like, I'm, I'm trying very hard, you know, to like mm-hmm. use my words like right, because like, because in the long run, it's not, it's not like, it's not like a bad game. It's just, this is just nothing compelling me right now, you know. And maybe again, maybe it's just because I haven't played it enough, or you know, I haven't, yeah. you know. So I'm seeing some people say it's taken like 10, 12 hours for them to really get the Woo! momentum going. So that's a oh, lot. I, I, that is no longer an acceptable excuse for me. I, I, I can't, I can't do that. I've heard, I've heard that just not just with Starfield, but for other games as well. If I got to invest 10, 12, 15, 20 hours for a game to get quote unquote good, then the game wasn't good to begin with. And I know this is highly subjective and I'll, I I'm I'm not a teenager anymore. I don't I don't have you know the 15 hours a week <laughs> that I used to have to sit in front of a of, of a TV or a monitor to invest to throw away 15 hours or 10 hours uh, into a game that hopefully will get good. I, to me, that's no longer at, 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 at my, at my gaming, uh, in my gaming life, that is no longer an excuse. It used to be an excuse for me uh, back in the day, but it's, it, it can no longer be for me now. And so when I hear people say, oh, well, you know, you got to give it 20 hours, you got to give it 15, you got to, you know, are, are, are we are we playing video games or are we are we waiting at, at Gordon Ramsay's for a steak? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I this 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 I, I can't accept that as an excuse anymore. I can't. 
ain't nobody got time for that over here. But I, so I, I'll be checking it out. And uh, it, well, I'm, I'm sorry, but is is there? When I heard that, I, I, I when I heard that, I, I just, I just got my game, my gaming trigger got, got popped. So I had to, I had <laughs> to say that. Yeah. But uh, are there any? What? Okay, give me two good things. And two things that you wish they would have done differently with Starfield, uh, assuming that you've said everything you wanted to say about oh, it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the two things definitely that that I wish they would have done differently is I really wish they would have tried to be a little bit more fanciful with the execution, you know. And and they, I think it's a little bit too grounded, you know, in 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 possible futures um if you get my if you get my um what my meaning it, it 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 it's it's i would just like it to be a bit more like fanciful you know for 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 a, for a space game you know and it's and it's clearly not that that was not their intention and i really wish that it had been um another thing is i i the dialogue is just there's just a lot of it you know and i know they're trying hard to make it you know super the greatest or or whatever but damn like there's just there's just a lot of it and it's just it's just slow moving is it well written does it does it at least draw you into the overall story of the game that that's the thing. It's like it it really starts you. It really starts you on this sort of narrative of you have to go out and find out what's happening. Like that's the thing. It's like everyone like no one knows what's going on, and it's your it's your job to find out what's going on. And I'm like, okay. Oh, like Souls game. Kind of, yeah, but like you talk to people and they're like, you know, you ask them like, well, what is this? Oh, I don't know. You know, it just it just kind of happened. And OK, well, well, what's that? Oh, I don't know. You know, you have to go out and find out. And I'm like, OK, well, who's that? Do they oh, at least tell you who you need to talk to to maybe give you some more insight? Or yes. Just... yes, yes. OK. And then, and then you have that. to. But then and but but then you have to like run around, you know, and like go to these different places and stuff and I don't know. It's just like lots of follow the breadcrumbs type of stuff and I don't know, it's just like and again, you know, I am going to stick with it, you know, I'm going to do my due diligence with it because I wanna I really wanna you know, find out what's going on with it, and I've been waiting for a for a Bethesda game for a while, so I'm going to, you know, do I'm going to do my best with it. Um, so, what are the two things you like about what you play so far? Um, the two things that I like about it is I've always been a fan of uh, Bethesda's world building. You know, I I do think that the even though the story is kind of like very slow paced. I like the I like the world, you know. Even though I wish it was more fanciful, I do like what they what they've shown. You know, 
it does kind of remind me a lot of like Fallout and like how you handle your weapons and how you do stuff like that. So so the the Bethesda DNA is definitely 100% written in its code. And that's not a bad thing. That's definitely not a bad thing. You know, so so I do I do like that. So that's another reason why I'm really feeling like, okay, you know, this is this can be like there's gotta be more to it. You know, there's gotta be more that I'm just kind of missing. So and that's kind of where I'm at with it, you know. Um I think Beth Bethesda at this point, you know, for me, uh for me has has earned that. So I'm gonna I'm going to stick with it and I'm going to see uh, how it goes. Um, I really hope that this little, you know, my TED talk hasn't, you know, pers- uh, dissuaded anyone from from um, playing the game. I do think the game is definitely worth trying, especially because if you if you especially if you have Game Pass, because it's it's. You don't need to worry about it. You know, it's damn. It's, it's not free because you pay for 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 game uh, pass, but. But it's definitely, you know, a game that you should at least, you know, try. So, but yeah, one, thi- one but, thing: don't go buy it physically because the whole game's not on the disc. But yeah, yeah, yeah I know that you were, you were. Um, I know that really kind of made you, that pissed you off. Because yeah, not- this is just more of an annoyance. I was gonna, buy, I was planning on buying the steelbook and. Uh, getting the expansion, getting a patch and some other stuff and then pick the physical up later. So it'd be part of my collection if I liked the game enough on there. But when I found out that basically uh, because the whole game is not on the disc, it actually is big enough to put on a couple of discs that there's no sense of even owning the physical at that point. So, you know, you might as well just uh, basically published it with a key instead of a disc because having the disc be half of the game that you can't even play it without connecting to the internet it's like <laughs> what's the sense at that point you know it's so, dumb yeah it is very dumb it's 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 just not a good look some know, people so. were saying online that because of their internet and because of the fact they have super slow internet they wouldn't be able to play the game or at least right away on there you know there's some people out there unfortunately uh, they have caps and so you know they can't afford to download or you know budget for uh you know a hundred gig you know download if need be you know so it's crazy it took um i'm happy that 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 i have pretty good internet because it took me a good two and a half hours to download the whole thing so it's it's definitely not it's definitely not for the uh the the weak at heart <laughs> so, to, <laughs> so to speak so uh you really kind of gotta like be like there with it so but that's kind of how's baldur's gate 3 so far see now this is the so that's the game that's really kind of pulling me to it because baldur's gate though and it's funny even though i have watched tons of uh of of information and seeing tons of stuff about the game, I like, I I'm, I'm loving it. And it is hard, but fair, you know, 
and by that I mean it's a game that it, it is it is D&D through and through. And if you do not know D&D, you might, you know, not know um, what's going on, you know, with, with it. But it is definitely D&D. I tried to do, I had the same battle like twice to get through it. And I still couldn't get through it to the point where where I I um, left. Like I left the battle and um, went to find my fourth person because you technically have uh, a total of of three uh, three people plus the main character. And I did not um, I did not take the time to get my third character because I thought, oh, you know, I know how to play D&D. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I can play D&D. Hey, you know, uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. This game came up and literally spit in my face. I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> it was like, you think you know D&D, you know shit. And I was like, whoa. And yeah, it was, it was pretty rough. Um, so I think Larian um deserves a medal for being able to adapt D in a way that still is true to the game to the to the system and is still like its own thing like it does take liberties with the 5e system which is the you know fifth dungeon dragons edition but it the liberties that it takes is well within the scope of of a of a full-on video game great game uh, great game so far. Um, I really enjoy. I, I, I've just really enjoyed its um, the combat, the, the 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 skills. I really like how they they changed it from the point and click, and how they simplified it for um, for consoles. I think I think they did a really really good job. Kudos to Larian Studios for what they've done. It is just a really, really good, really, really good game. Um, do, do you think they translated as effectively as Blizzard did Diablo three and four for console? Um, that's the weird the, the weird thing because they're kind of different games. I think that I think that because this is a turn based like you literally. That's why I think you'd hate it because it's literally. Oh, I, oh, I have no intention yeah. to play it. Yeah, I didn't think so. Yeah, it is a it is a turn based game, one hundred percent. And so, so um, I think it's better than miles better than than uh, what what Blizzard has done. Um, and just the whole motto of Larian Studios, you know, not their motto, but but what they bring to gaming is great. There's no microtransactions. You got the game. You know, it's it's finished. They stand by their product. They gave you a complete product. And it's just it's just 100 percent fantastic. So uh, I know you're, I know you're thinking I've never played. Um, I've never played, nor have I ever watched um, any gameplay of Diablo on a uh, computer. The only the only uh, on PC the only game Diablo game that I played on PC was Diablo 2, and I did not like the point and click and all that other stuff. 
you know, I am a console person through and through, but I can look at the people playing, you know, the, the, the console, sorry, the, the PC version of Diablo and all the buttons, how they have it laid it out because, you know, I can understand why they needed the extra time because on the PC, everything is kind of laid out at the bottom and you can basically point and click and, and do whatever you want to do. And this one, it's all about menus and the menu placement is very um, intuitive of where you need to go um, and what you need to do. And I liked that. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, it's a really, just a really fun game. Um, if you have any thought or inkling about playing uh, playing it, you I really think that you should. I really think that you would you would um, you would enjoy it. Especially, well, again, if you are a turn based person, you will enjoy it. Then, um, if you are a D and D fan, you will uh, enjoy it. If you're not then your mileage may vary um, on both those accounts, you know, but mostly because the thing is, it's, it's a role-playing game first that just happens to use the D&D uh, system. So if you're a role-player and you want to play a role-playing game, you can't go wrong with uh, Baldur's Gate 3 because you don't need to know anything about the other ones. It Does it help? Sure, because it gives you a little bit of backstory, but I, I equate it to, like, Heroes of Legends of Heroes, the tells the, those things. Like, it's great to hear a name and be like, oh, you're from the second game, or oh, you know, they did that in the first game. You know, that's great and all, but you don't need it, doesn't change the experience. So, yeah, I, I would definitely say play Baldur's Gate 3, support Larian. They deserve let it. Me, let me ask you this if you have no experience with Dungeons and Dragons systems, or maybe you've never played the board games before. Does the game do a good job of tutoring you into becoming familiar with those systems? 100%. Or, Everything okay. is tooltipped. Everything tells you exactly what's going on and what and what you uh, need to do. That's another reason why I really enjoy it is, is it literally tells you everything you need to do. That way you can um, get the most out of it. Good. So, okay. Definitely, definitely worth it. But uh, All right. but yeah, uh, those are the only two games that I've been playing. I will be playing both of them more in the coming weeks. Um, uh, one thing, one let you know uh, that we, that we didn't did mention in the intro is that we will be we will not be recording a um, uh, we're taking a week off as I'll be going out of town. Uh, so we will be back uh, in one week. So not next week week but the following week we'll be back so just um and i should have a lot more um information about both starfield and Baldur's Gate 3 and i'll let you know which one is kind of like won me over because right now i'm still like they're both they're both pretty neck and neck of five hours each of how much i've played but i'll tell you one thing as as far as enjoyment and games that are calling me back and saying, you know, Desmond, play me, play me. It's been Baldur's Gate 3, hands down, hands down. So, uh, but that's what I've been playing. Kev, what have you been playing, buddy? So, I've been playing a little bit of some some of the old familiars. Uh, Double Dragon Gaiden, I've got to the end of that game, and it did the 
I wouldn't call it the unspeakable sin of gaming, but that's pretty close. And that is the boss review. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's just sometimes I think that's just poor mechanics. It's lazy. Yeah, that's what it is. It's yeah, lazy. Sorry, lazy. Yeah, it's lazy. Yeah. Sorry. It's lazy. And not only that, but you have to fight them all at the same time. What? Yeah. With the secret final boss in the mix as well. So <laughs> I was able to beat all the all the I was able to beat the review team. And I got the final boss to like the last couple of couple of blocks of his last uh, section of health, and I got cheap shotted. I got smacked in the back of the head by somebody with a sledgehammer. Popped into the main the secret boss's special. Back into another guy doing an over the head attack with the sledgehammer. Back into the 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 main guy's uh, another attack that he had. And I got I got ping ponged about three or four times, and that took me from 100% health down to zero. Mm. So uh, I was not too <laughs> I was not too happy about that, but. Because this game is a roguelike, I can't I, I can't remember if it's a roguelike or roguelite, but uh, stuff like that happens, and it happens throughout this game. So I'm I'm kind of used to it. I have a pattern that I that for me gets me to the end of the game most effectively with a lot of money. I've unlocked a whole bunch of secret characters, uh, some of which I have yet to play as, and I'm still having fun with it. To be fair, a Double Dragon Gaiden had to grow on me a little bit. I mean, when I even when I first got it, I thought it was okay, but I really had to spend time with it, probably more so than you should have for a beat-em-up of this type, to really get what the development team was trying to present with it. Uh, but I think in the end, it's still a fun game. And I, I, it, it's it's going to be in my, comforts, in my comfort food zone probably for quite a while to come. Also played uh, Dead Island 2. And uh, after playing, getting through another section of basically a repeat it was a boss battle which was basically a repeat of the first boss battle just this dude was just slightly smaller i think i'm done with dead island i think i've seen everything that dead island can do for me personally and while i'm not saying it's a bad game i'm saying it it, it is it is it is an ocean's ocean wide and an inch deep for me once you get past the what what i still say is fantastic uh zombie representation i mean you hit something with a blunt object in the head it quote unquote acts like a body would in real life you know i'm i've never hit anybody in the head with a brick before but I get the sensation that it, it if you hit a, a decaying corpse with a brick, 
it would <laughs> in, tear apart life it would be somewhat similar to what you see in dead island 2 when you like uh hitting hitting zombies in the head with an axe is is some of the most uh brutal it's almost like mortal combat level type stuff that you that you see that you can that I've seen in the game but once you get past that once you get past the oohs and ahs of the different executions and critical hits that you can do with different weapons at least the weapons that I have in my arsenal right now once you get past that, the game itself is extremely shallow. Oh. Fetch quest after fetch quest. Get this key to get through this guy's house so you can get to where he's hiding out. Fight another boss that's just like the first one you killed. Rinse and repeat. Mm. So, um, yeah, I, I I deleted it from my hard drive, and it will be... And at some point in the future, be part of a GameStop tradeback program. Uh, I, I I think for people who have a affinity for zombies or the zombie genre, be it video games or movies, are probably going to enjoy this a whole lot more than I did. But I have to judge the game by the game itself, the mechanics are good but they're very basic they're very simple i don't feel that the augmentations that i've made to my weapons really change much they still feel good you know it's like okay i've I've got a katana and i'm slicing zombies heads off with it now i've got a different katana that has electrical properties i'm still slicing zombies heads off with it and they kind of glow with this electrical charge. It's still the same thing. Um, but I think the thing that really took me out of the game was just the constant fetch quests and fighting two bosses almost back to back that were more or less identical. Had the same attack patterns, had the same, you know, said the same, you know, one of them looked like a, a one of them looked like a mutated marine and drag, and the other one looked like you know looked like the other one looked like a cross between Triple H and LeBron James. What? And, what? <laughs> yeah. And, but they were still the same dude. There's, they just they it, it was like okay, giant zombie bo- boss randomize, and there you go. Yeah, and it was just really. I was really hoping for a little bit of a deeper, a deeper chop when I cut into that steak. And it's, you know, I think I thought I was cutting into a a, a ribeye, and and it, you know, it tur- it it turns out to be you know a steakum, Salisbury steak, banquet. Yeah. That sounds yeah. terrible. Oh. Uh, but what has continued to impress and what has continued to give me, you know, continued almost boundless enjoyment as a gamer is Final Fantasy 16. And um, 
you know, I I had I had to because I've been fanboying over this game for a minute, and I I the when I finished the last uh play play session, I am now I think just about to start the final scenario, or if I'm not about to start the final scenario, I'm closing in on the you know if there's anything you want to do before you proceed you know do it now because there's no turning back type of moment i just have that feeling because i've gotten to a point in the story another another uh well beautifully written character driven narrative 180 that i that i really didn't see coming done executed flawlessly and i i just had to i had to ask myself you know because i'm hearing now people saying well final fantasy 16 you know okay it's a final fantasy game but it's not an rpg it's an action game and i'm like at when i first heard it i bucked at that and i was like y'all don't know what you're talking about and then I, while I still disagree with that premise, I can kind of sort of understand people who are look who don't want to who aren't interested in scratching a little bit deeper because the game does play like an action game. It feels very Devil May Cry-ish for sure. But there are cooldown periods. You can swap out your abilities, you can swap out your augmentation, well not augmentation, your gear, if that's the wrong word, because it's gear. You wear uh, charms and gauntlets and uh, rings, that type of thing, that extend, either either increase the damage you can output or reduce the cooldown of your, abil- of your equipped abilities. So, I, you know, I can kind of sort of see, I can at least understand that argument but man, I did um, my last play session. No lie, was a boss battle that probably lasted. Well, actually, it was two back to back. The first one was about twenty minutes, easy. That was a twenty-minute boss battle. That's I a long continued time. on. Yeah, I continued on. And the other one I did felt like it was pushing 30. Wow. And I have to tell you, I, 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 and I'm being completely honest. I cannot remember a time that I was more engrossed in a boss battle than with those two, those two, those two, those two characters in particular, because it actually made sense why they took so long. And the word epic gets thrown around, you know, like like mayo on a subway sandwich, you know, in today's gaming lexicon. I get that, but I'm sorry, this, these were epic battles. I mean literally changing the landscape of the environment to the point where it reflects on the world map. And I'm sorry, my, my, my jaw, if there were flies in, in this house, they would have taken 
they could have made a home in my mouth because it, I, it was my jaw was just a gape the whole time that I was experiencing those two battles. It, it's, you know, and, you know, for you can say that, I, you know, I'm fluffing the game, whatever. I, I, it has not God of War Ragnarok off my most fun game of this year. And I honestly didn't think anything was going to do that. I I really didn't. Um, So for, for whatever, for whatever that is worth, I'm sorry. If they, if the next battles are, are 15, 20, 30 minutes long and they're, and they're even kind of sort of as good as the last two that I did, I'll take that all day, every day. Because I've, it, it, I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't worried. Like, I wasn't, feel, I wasn't feeling, man, dang, how long is it going to take to kill this dude? What am I, what is it? I mean, pattern, attack patterns changed. Um I, I for a second I was debating whether or not I wanted to swap out my abilities and change things up to match what the boss was doing is his neck to match his new attack pattern. I've got an ability that almost breaks the game if you use it right and it just makes you feel like a G like like a like a freaking uh, anime hero. It's it's ridiculous. I mean you have to use it right. But if you use it right, you can parry every attack that comes your way. I fought a dang near Godzilla-sized dragon in this massive courtyard, and I'm parrying everything he's throwing at me. And it just, it just, it, it just makes you feel like a freaking boss. It does. It, this, the mechanics in this game, are not are not ones that you haven't seen before. But they have been employed in such a way in the in the guise of just for the sake of argument, a an action game with mild RPG elements. They've been deployed in such a way that just are you just feel it, man. You you really you really feel it. And um so yeah, I I I have I have I have watched Final Fantasy 16 enough, but I t- just when I think I've seen the best this game has to offer, they 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 hit me with a curveball, and you know this 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 is what I signed up for. I'm I'm definitely getting my money's worth. DLC is bought if there is DLC for this game. I I have no qualms about spending additional money. There's DLC uh, coming. So, yeah. So, it will be purchased. But, uh, so that's it for my playlist for this week. So, right now, folks, we are going to move into something a little bit different because two-thirds of your hosts on this show went to PAX West. And uh, instead of a... Uh, uh, question of the week or a, a vessel line. We're getting PAX West 2023 review from those who were lucky enough to be able to attend. So 
Trader Joe, Andrew, and uh, Dez, y'all got the mic. All righty. So, yeah, PAX was over Labor Day weekend, and it was fantastic. <laughs> so this is the third time that Joe and I have gone. And uh, this is, uh, they, it, it was different this this time. And the reason why it was different was because they had split it into uh, two buildings. Uh, normally, it was in the, uh, the, the, the main convention center uh, downtown. But this time, they had built a new building that had been in process for quite a long time called the Summit. So the bulk of PACs, was in this new beautiful you know almost glass like like palace called the uh, the summit and the old packs is where the nintendo event was so during packs uh joe and i were able to go to the nintendo event and the nintendo event was sort of like a side show uh, not a, like an Oakland sideshow where there was like all kinds of stuff going around, nothing like that. But it was a uh, it was a sideshow in which um, we were it was able a separate to... show. It was yeah. a separate show. Yeah, it was a separate show put on by Nintendo in collaboration with PAX. So, which I thought was fantastic because it gave it it gave us an opportunity to see a ton of games that Nintendo has coming out. Um, and they were just, a lot of the games were just, you know, fantastic. Um, Joe, uh, what are some of the games that you enjoyed from the Nintendo event? Uh, well, the Nintendo event really was showing, like, the prior games so there was a lot of games that were already been released uh there including pikmin 4 uh, uh of course uh tears of the kingdom and uh you know other games the only really quote-unquote new game we really played was uh, super mario wonder on there so and uh i grateful i got a chance to be able to take a look at that that uh, particular game i'm obviously i was excited for already on there just to confirm that you know it's taken that new super mario brothers sheen and taken it to uh art an artful next level if yeah need be. uh we wound up we were playing with we got paired up with a, a couple on there so we we're playing four players and so i didn't get a chance to really like you know stop and smell the roses on some of the levels we we're just like kind of moving away from left to right for the most part but uh, from what we played it seemed like uh something ab above and beyond uh the normal you know uh we uh wii u uh new super mario brothers formula if need be on there so so enjoyed that quite a bit so uh on as far as Nintendo Live itself, I mean, there was a plenty of opportunities to, uh, you know, check out other games as well. Me and Desmond wound up uh, playing uh, that Disney game, which is, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Uh, Mickey Illusion, Illusionary Island? Illusion Island, yeah. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I thought it was Illusionary, but I guess it is Illusion Island. <laughs> it's a, yeah, Illusion Island on there so i actually enjoyed playing pikmin 4 we were doing some versus pikmin 4 so i'm actually pikmin 4 is like kind of on my going to buy eventually or going to play eventually list 
in my you know i'm trying to carve in time for everything but we'll see about that on there uh, we wound up comically playing just dance 2023 and got down with the uh britney action so you know yeah joe was being very toxic yes i was <laughs> yeah it was fun it was fun we... so. oh no it? no no there was a there's a britney song called toxic and that's what we danced oh. to oh yes. okay and it was hilarious because the people that were behind us in the line, uh, they were a young, uh, sorry, that there was a mom and her like two daughters, and they ended up doing the same song that we wanted to do. And so the guy who was the the kind of like line keeper and keeping everything going, he basically was like, hey, you know, because you're doing the same the same song, why don't you do it together? And we were like, okay. So on one side you have me and Joe. And on the other side, you have <laughs> you have uh, uh, this family, you know, of three. And we're sitting there doing a dance and, you know, trying to get through it and everything. And it was just it was just hilarious. And if you want to see a video, you can join our Discord because. Oh, no, I didn't post on our Discord. I have to post I'll, it. I'll, I'll post it. I'll post it yeah. uh, this weekend. So. Yeah, we can post it on our Discord. That way it could be hilarious and you guys can love it as well because it was very silly. And the reason we, okay, so the reason we did this in the first place, you have to blame Joe. The reason being was, was Joe, no, 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 seriously, Joe says, oh, they're giving away pins. And if you don't, if you know me, I am a pin collector. I collect all different types of pins. Uh, mostly enamel pins is what I collect. I have like hundreds of them i love them they're just fantastic and so i'm always looking for unique ones and weird ones and stuff and so i'm thinking cool you know i'll do just dance to do it and so joe's like oh no kill me now and so we're so we're standing in line i'm thinking great we're gonna get this damn pin it's gonna be great me and joe are gonna like hang out together it'll be fun yeah you know so we get up there and we finish we finish it, everything's done, and then we walk off because I was so I was so pumped that I forgot about the the uh, the pen. And so Joe's all, did you get the pen? And I'm like, oh damn. So I walked up to the lady who was like running it, because there's the guy running the line and the, the lady who was basically putting the Nintendo uh Joy-Cons on your on your wrists. And so I walk up to her and I say, Hey. You know, is there a like a pin that, that you get for doing this? And she's like, oh, no, no, you just do it for fun. I'm like, oh, OK. <laughs> so we stood in line. I was lied to. Yeah, we stood in line for like 15, <laughs> 20 minutes, you know. Yeah. And uh, got nothing. And it turns out that the pin was for the next the, the next kiosk, which was the uh, Nintendo, which was the uh, uh, Illusion Island, the Mickey Mouse game. Uh, so we ended up playing that one and I got my pen, but it was just hilarious. So Joe ended up doing that for like nothing and it was fun. Like I had so much fun with that. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. Uh, Joe probably didn't, but I'm a sucker for stuff like that. So yeah, it's okay. It was, it, was, it was good for what it was. So I just have no rhythm, especially, you know, trying to understand the Just Dance uh motions on the lower right hand corner and as far as just trying to figure out the gameplay and the co correlation to the joy cons you know yeah. whatnot so yeah it was fun though it was fun doing that uh took a bunch of pictures got a bunch of stuff uh uh splatoon was there they had a really cool uh it was like a museum of it was silly it was a museum of uh uh smash brothers stuff so it was like you know the ice 
or King Dedede's hammer. No, no, no. That was in the Kirby. Uh, Kirby. They had, they had another uh, Kirby installation. We got pictures with Kirby, so that was great. No, but the the um, Smash Brothers. They had like you know Captain Falcon's you know helmet, and they had some all these different other stuff. I think they had the Master Sword too. So it was just really kind of cool, you know. We were able to, um, you know, just walk around and see some really cool stuff. Uh, they had, they were doing the uh, Nintendo and Lego were there, and I guess they had released a couple of new Lego, um, some new Lego, um, what was it uh, Lego Mario Brothers stuff? And yeah, the Lego Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, they were. Yeah. The yeah. Yoshi, specifically. Yeah, exactly. So we were able to make two different Yoshis, which was great. Since Joe doesn't collect Lego, I was able to get them both. It was a green and a pink one. So, and it was hilarious because there was his father and their son, his son, and they were behind us, and they would stand in line with us this whole time, and we're getting and we're getting ready to turn in to go in to like the 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 little the little like the last part of the line. And they realized that they were in the wrong line because next door, they did the same thing that we did. Next door to it, there was they had a giant Lego Bowser, and you could take a picture, and it looks like it's, it's like a moving picture of him like chasing you, and you can like run like there's like a Bowser chasing you or something. And they thought they were in line for that one, but they weren't. So it was just this kind of funny thing, and they were like, "Well, we're already here, you know, so we might as well, you know, finish this." You know, so it was just a lot of fun. Like, again, super silly, lots of fun stuff. Um, and and it was great. Like, we, we, we basically spent uh, the whole morning there. That was Friday. It was four days, four days of the of, of PAX. So we were there for all four days. So it's Friday through Monday. We flew in on Thursday and left on Tuesday. So Friday... Most of the day was spent in the Nintendo Live area, and it was great. You know, again, we took a bunch of pictures and stuff. And so, if you if you're familiar with PAX, the Nintendo Live section was was in the the main convention center, which is on the right side of the street. There's a a a a, a walk a walkway that connects us to the a second side of the building which is called the annex and that's on the left side if you're you know looking down the street down down the street towards it so we were in the we were in the one side and then uh we we left that and then we walked over oh and then real quick the line to get nintendo merchandise was bananas it was crazy because most people you only got one day to do anything like so you basically it was um you had to apply to get a ticket to go to the nintendo live thing so it was open to the public as well as the people who were attending pax but everyone not everyone got in we were just lucky to get in i was lucky to get in joe didn't get it actually I was the one that got it, but they give you two codes, and each code you can get in a total of four people. So with two codes, you can get in a total of eight people. So it's really kind of cool. So you can bring your whole family if you want. Uh, so Joe was able to get in, and I was able to get in. Um, so that was great. So we left that, and then we walked over to the annex, which is the 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 one of the main. Uh, expo areas and it was tons of tons of games 
tons of booths. That's where the Square Enith booth was. We got a picture with the Freet from Final Fantasy 16. That was really cool. Um, just a bunch of stuff. Um, you want to add more to that, Joe? When that that at the annex, that first day at the annex. Oh yeah, that first day at the annex. I mean, it was just trying to take everything in. Of course, uh, annex had uh, particular like you know Sega was in there, Sega Atlas, uh, Square Enix, uh, uh, Pokemon, Namco, yeah, there. Pokemon CCG on there. So uh, Xseed was in the annex as well on there. Um, Atari, Atari had the display, so you know we had the chance to check their wares out and that kind of thing. Plus, you know, Larian. And uh, any number of other boots as well. Vampire the Reckoning, I think. Uh, the, well, Vampire the Masquerade was there, but, uh, but yeah, they had a go. new thing. That that was the one thing that I noticed too. Is because it was separated. It was uh, packs were separated between the Summit Building and the Annex. Everyone had a lot more space, so no one was completely on top of each other. And I thought that was fantastic. You know, everyone had. Everyone had their their own little space and their own little, you know, places where they could go. Just really fun. Uh, and yeah, so and and in that area was the uh, a lot of the indie games as well. Towards the back is where they keep a lot of their, you know, indie stuff, a little bit of their, you know, um, up and comers that sort of area was you see where the uh what is it the mega couch thing joe that mega couch or whatever it's called there's like a an, an a um a collective that tries to push um i don't think they had the collective here this, no, this was year the, you talk about there. the indie mega booth was there yeah indie mega booth. yeah that yeah. was the one and uh it was not there unfortunately uh they're still re- recovering from um the pandemic I went to their website and was looking for them, but they're still recovering from the pandemic. So, again, trying to, you know, help out where we can. And so we saw a bunch of really cool uh, stuff there. And that's where also where Devolver Digital was, Five Nights at Freddy was. Um, and they had their little, you know, arcade booths where you could play. Um, uh devolver had a they were they were pumping out uh gunbrella and um it was gunbrella and wizard, wizard with, a, with a gun with a gun yeah so those those games were uh were there and they you you got to play like carnival games in order to win a a copy of the game so you know i was able to go in and i did the i did the uh carnival thing and i won I want us a copy and I gave it to Joe, you know, so Joe has that on his theme and everything. So it's a lot of fun, interactive stuff that you could do. Um, and then, um, and then after that we had, cause again, I was, I thought it was just going to be like every other packs. So I thought it was all going to be in this one building and it wasn't, it wasn't until I actually talked to one of the enforcers or one of the, you know, the, 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 the staff, and they're the ones that were like, you know, oh, no, 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 there's a whole another building, you know, the 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 summit. And I was like, oh, shit, we have to leave. So we walked out and, you know, wandered, you know, we didn't wander, but we found where it was. And then we walked into the annex and then you go into the basement because you have to understand with PAX, everything ends at 
sorry, uh, the exhibit hall closes at 6 p.m. every day. But the rest of PAX is still open. So you can play games, the arcade, there's evening events that happen and everything like that. So with the annex, the top portion is where is where the, the exhibit hall is. And they close off the escalators and they have guards and shit, you know, that you so you can't go up to where that is. And at the summit, it's in the basement, which is hilarious. And so with that one, they turn off the elevators and a giant like double door, giant like, you know, crate comes down, you know, and it basically locks everything down. So you can go to the 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 second floor, third floor, second to the fifth floor, and that's where all the other like stuff is happening. You have your tabletop gaming, you know, classic arcade and stuff like that. You know, and then the and then the uh, and the and the summit building is where we saw. Uh, that's where um, Larian Studios was. That's where um, I think Inti Creates was over there. No. And NT Creates was, uh, yeah, they were there. And then because Marvelous was over at the uh, at the summit. Sorry, yeah. was at the was at the annex. Sorry. And then yeah. and then yeah, and oh, uh, uh, Limited Run was there. Like everyone yeah. you could think about who who was a large like developer had some presence there, which I thought was really kind of cool, you know. Uh, except for like Sony and Xbox, and that's of course because they have their own they have their own shows that they show. So, but. But and that's to be expected. You're gonna say something, Jeff? Uh, also, what uh, NIS America as well? Yeah. So. Yeah. So, so what did you think of uh, of both of the layouts for the um, for the annex and the summit building? Oh no, I, you know everything was spread out. I like the summit building a little bit better than the annex. Oh yeah. You know. It was nicer. Yeah. Um, you better know, Wi-Fi the, too. Even the con food, I mean, uh, I was like raving because they had this local uh, pie vendor. They made homemade like little pot pies or whatnot. And I had a chicken pie and also a blueberry pie. And it's like they were both uh, a cut above the usual convention center, like crappy food, basically. So the pie was like twelve fifty, which is a little bit expensive, but it was homemade. And it yeah, tasted it was the bomb, so though. It was pretty good. Yeah. You know, I, I say if uh, I would probably visit the pie shop if they had the pie shop outside of the convention center just to go get get a couple pies, you know. So. Yeah, we uh, it was funny. We uh, we were kind of crazy with it with the uh, with the eating and stuff because Paul and I uh, you know, Joe and I would get up and we would have like you know you know protein bar and some and some you know and some uh some water and then we would just be you know giddy up and go so joe and i had you know we were we 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 kept it we kept it 100 but then joe but then joe was like you know we could probably you know eat it because we, we were right right across the street from a from a mod pizza we're right down the street from a mod pizza so we we could you know eat the mod pizza yeah, in the morning, and so we ended up having you know mod pizza and stuff. So so that was pretty cool. Uh, when we were started to eat, you know, I want to say like I don't say like regular food, but when we started eating regular food, it was kind of funny. Uh, so it was fun. Um, yeah, there's enough to do for the four days. I mean, especially I think on the fourth day, we're just kind of making sure to go back, maybe go on the second, third run to certain boots. Um, 
Well, I like the fact on Labor Day is that it was probably the least crowded out of the four days. Both Saturday and Sunday were kind of just a little bit packed at certain booths. So and nothing to where it got crazy where it was like, you know, uh, Comic-Con or E3 where you're queuing in line for 45 minutes to play a game for like five minutes, 10 minutes, that kind of thing. So uh, I think at the very most, I think a queue would be like, you know, maybe 10 15 minutes at the most you know so so it wasn't too bad on in that retrospective perspective on there so yeah i thought that was what was i thought that's what was really kind of cool about the whole thing was was you really didn't have to wait a long time yeah and i was like okay this is really kind of cool you know? And there's actually stuff to do after the uh, exhibit hall closes. I know I was been was trying to go to at least I, I went to a few panels on there. We went to like the uh, Hidden Gems of PAX panel. We went to a panel about the uh, Nintendo, um, th- not the 3DS, the Game Boy Advance, you know, and I felt that was a really fun panel because they're kind of spitballing as far as the best 15 games for the Game Boy Advance on there. And, uh, you know, it had it had audience participation and whatnot and uh you know after six o'clock comes i mean there's plenty of stuff to do you can go play some rpg business you go do some tabletop which des will talk about a little bit as far as what he saw as far as tabletop is concerned (laughs) on there uh, they had some concerts going they had an arcade room Um, if you wanted to go and rent out some games you can go rent out some games they had all sorts of classic system set including and they also had ps5 setup so they had a free play area that you could go to. They also had an area where you could bring your own computer in if you happen to be one of those crazy computer folk that likes to lob, bring your PC over to an event to play some multiplayer kind of thing. So there's a lot of uh, you know little little things. You know they had meetups. They had a meeting room uh, for people cosplayers to meet up and other people from other communities like from games like Destiny and from Elder Scrolls and whatnot to have like meetups from particular player bases that kind of thing. So so uh, all in all, I mean uh, I think PAX is worthy of a visit on there and i'm very much looking forward to keeping this almost like an annual tradition i think it's a lot more interactive than e3 ever was you know you know i'm lucky for my particular experiences to be able to attend multiple e3s you know some of them as press some of them is like sneaking in on a uh, you know fake business card kind of thing you know but uh, we got done back in the day so yeah. on there and the thing about it is you know e3 was for business it wasn't for you know uh, the community at large but pax is for the community so that's what i like about the show a lot better than any of those e3s previous so granted you don't get to see all the big bangers but you know you know granted it's like okay i mean what would sony and and xbox show that I wouldn't have access to it at some point you know so exactly um but overall i thought it was great some of the things that we did see was uh the uh in the summit building was they had the art of nintendo power and that was a private collection that was curated by you know this guy who was kind of like joe you know he, he was literally like joe he was just a guy that that really wanted to preserve you know the his his nintendo power magazines and he went and got some original artist proofs uh original uh cover art you know just these original you know just original art 
Um, and original it was really pieces, yeah. original pieces, you know, and like I remember in some of the in some of the um, uh, covers, they had like plastic, not plastic. They had like clay figures that were acting stuff out. He had some of those, you know, so it was really a cool little uh, it was a cool exhibit to to be able to to look at. They even had this super crazy Mario thing that was um it was like a it used to be like a Mario um uh it was a Mario costume and it was just super crazy looking and you kinda look at it and you're just kinda like, what the hell is this? You know? And I put I posted a picture of that in the Discord. You know, it kinda looked like Joe getting his uh cosplay on. So if you if you know what I mean. So definitely <laughs> you know um take a look you know it's definitely in the book um it's fantastic um but also there was a classic reading rainbow yeah there was a but also there was a classic arcade uh where it's kind of like the arcade that was at evo um but it was basically all different types of games joe and i was able to play um groove on fight Uh, it was power instinct power uh, instinct Groove yeah. on Fight was the third one, and this was the fourth one, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah, so, and it was fun. It was fun. You know, Joe went, Joe and I went, Joe and I played for a good long time. Uh, he was unable to get any kind of, like, footing on that game. I was just, like, I was giving him, you know, like, you know, two pieces, three pieces, four pieces, wasn't skipping biscuits. <laughs> it was awesome, you know, just, bah, 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 you know. And then we went to Samurai Showdown, the classic one, and uh, played that for a minute. Uh, we should have played uh, uh, Mark of the Wolves because that was the, in the cabinet, but we ended up not playing that. And then we ended up playing Samurai Special again, and that was a lot of fun, you know, playing that. You know, we were going back and forth on that one. So, so anytime that I'm able to play, you know an arcade game, especially with my good buddy Joe, like I am definitely there. Lots of fun to do that. So a uh, quick little rundown of some of the games that we were able to uh, preview. Uh, we did do Super Mario Wonder, Pikmin 4. Um, I didn't play Tekken 8. Um, I know you did. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, I mean, I'll just... Instead of just reading the list down, let's just go ahead. The Tekken 8, uh, just played around with some random guy. It was fun. I mean, uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to buy it day one. Like, you know, I know Kev's on the fence on it. And I'll have to see. No, I'm not one. buying it. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, wow. No. Yeah. I can't do no, Tekken. I just came, to, when I played it at Evo, I just came to that realization that Tekken is just, I, lo- I love watching it being played. I wish I could. And if, I guess theoretically I could put the time in to learn it. I mean, you can learn any game, right? But I have to be honest with myself with Street Fighter Six already out, with um, uh, Grand Blue Fantasy versus Redo, Redux, whatever they're calling the, the reintroduction of that fighting game coming, and with uh, Mark of the Wolves 2 on the horizon, Am I really going to be spending any time with Tekken 8? And the answer is no. Smart man. Okay. Uh, I know you you played Like a Dragon. Uh, What was that? How did you like that one? 
Joe, I can't, for whatever reason, I've tried for a very long time to get into, and I just, I don't know what it is, but I just can't do it. Uh, you might like this one. I know this is like a, basically a reintroduction of uh, that particular character uh, to the um, Like a Dragon series on there. So, mm-hmm. And um, I played a little bit, kind of played like the other um, Yakuza games, early Yakuza games, you know, and... Uh, you know, and I had fun with it. Uh, I think I'll be able to pick it up. We have something in the news uh, talking about it, you know. So, and, uh, you know, I've dabbled with Yakuza, but it's something I want to get to. I actually want to, like, play through and, and pick up one game and play all the way through. I played through the original Yakuza on, like, PlayStation 2 when they dubbed it and it was really crappy. So, <laughs> and uh, I remember playing that, but... Uh, you know, uh, it'd be cool to play Kiro, you know, and uh, get his uh, new arc on here. But I really want to get back into the series. I own them all, so so I want to be able to go and enjoy that. So, but I enjoyed what I what I played at least. So, yeah, that's cool. Um, uh, also played a bunch of different different games. We spent a lot of time at the NT Creates booth, um, which was a lot of which was a lot of fun. Uh, Joe actually got to play this game called like Prison City, and I watched him. That was it reminded me of Street Fighter 2049. Was that what it was called? Uh, right. Twenty something. Anyway, the one the, the one that's in like the future that that they, 2010 they, I think is 2010. Uh, yeah. yeah, where they where they tried to connect it to Street Fighter whatever. But he played that one, and that was like a spiritual successor. And I was just like, oh my god. So yeah, Street Fighter so, 2010, the final fight. Yeah, it's just yeah. It was just I, I don't know. It just it just made me it just made me like okay, you know, I get it. This is kind of silly, <laughs> and it was and it was kind of funny. You uh, know? Pr- pr- Prison City kind of remind reminded me of of someone like adapted like uh, Escape from New York into an eight bit uh, NES like uh, platformer shell basically. So. Yeah, I, I play, it played really well too. So, um, fun game, fun game. Uh, then we also spent a ton of time at the Exceed and Marvelous games. So much so that both of us, uh, they had this little thing going where if you played all of their like you, it was like like a, it was a raffle basically. And if you play their their demos, you would uh, so many demos, you would get tickets for this raffle. And when you won, if you win. Uh, you got like this kind of bundle of different uh, free stuff, one of them being like a hundred dollar gift card. So it was really kind of cool. You know, it got like a spatula and stuff. So both of us won. I won on Sunday. Joe went back and won on Monday. So it was actually pretty cool that we both were able to, you know, win this, win this award, win this award, not award, win this raffle. Sorry. You know, but we played a ton of. Well, Joe played a ton of Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. He really likes that game, and so we we stood in line and 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 played that game, and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I'm How really like. Uh, it played like a Tales game. You know, you ran through, and then you had you had your people that were running and doing stuff while you were um off to the side, and like I I guess I it was weird. I the the person I so. When you when you see a rating, two stars means easy, five stars means that it's hard, right? That's what I would think. 
it's the opposite. If it's, if it's pertaining to difficulty level. Yeah, it's, it's the opposite. So I ended up playing what I thought was an easy character, a two-star, but it was like a magic user. And and I was like, okay. And then like I beat the, because like there's two bosses. You beat this one boss, and if you beat it within time, because you only have like 15 minutes, and if you beat it within time, you get a secondary boss. And I didn't get to the secondary boss. And I beat it, and the, the guy who was working the kiosk was like, oh, you know, you beat the game, with, you beat the demo with, like, the hardest character. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and I was like, but I thought they were a, an easy character because they only had two stars. And, and he was like, no, it's a little backwards with that. So must have meant that the character was weaker, you know? So uh, Yeah. Uh, no, he said it, was, it, meant, it meant that they were harder to uh, harder to use, and so I was like, "Well, damn, okay." So, <laughs> so I had no idea. So I just played this character, and you know, it was like, okay. So, but it was fun. Um, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed what I what I played of it. Uh, Joe really enjoyed it. Um, he was like in it to win it. So, I'm know, looking forward to that game. So, I mean. Uh... I like the motif. It's uh, action RPG. Uh, I'm not sure if Kev, you maybe I'm not sure how much of a fan of the Tales series you are, but you basically are running a lot of uh, your all four characters are playing at the same time, and you're giving commands if need be, but you have control of the character that you select, and uh, kind of plays like that. So yeah, yeah, you're I'm, given yeah a... I'm getting I'm getting Relink for sure. I've been I've been on Relink since I heard about it. Yeah, um, me too. But <clears throat> I'm looking forward to the to the um, multiplayer because the multiplayer is supposed to be really really good. So I am I'm here for it. Um, and then um, so that was fun. Um, any other games that you would like to talk about? Oh, we played Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. That was the only thing that Ubisoft had to show. Um, Crown the hot dogs. Crown, yes. Prince of Prince of Nations, hot dogs, uh, Nathan's. Um, yeah, that horrible haircut he has. So, uh, anyway, so so uh, other than that, um, we played that, and in its in its in its simplicity, it is actually pretty damn good. So, um, but. I don't. I'm not I don't sure know. if I'm gonna buy Prince of Persia: Lost Crown at, at launch. We'll see. Yeah. It's a fifty dollar game, so. Um... Which is, I think, is way too much for that game. You know, it should have been like thirty nine, and if they did it at thirty nine, I think they would have definitely it would have sold a lot better. Because right now, I don't think that it's worth 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 that. Given we'll see. I don't. I don't think so. I just. I just it, really it, find it find find it hard to to justify that i just don't think so yeah it's a ubisoft game so it's eventually going to get discounted you know uh, uh, hopefully it doesn't bomb but you know you know if you if you really are on the fence wait for reviews and kind of go from there so yeah as far as the other games we played um i'll mention i played johanne the parhelion at the inti creates booth and i felt like that that was another uh you know inti creates you know 2d side-scrolling nes style jam on there I, I quite enjoyed that i know you played the umber claw too kind of weird uh cat game very weird cat game yeah so 
don't know if, if that sold you on that game after playing it. I knew you were kind of excited about it when you first saw it announced, but uh, the gameplay just seems to be a little too esoteric, you know, yeah. because it's like you start off as a little cat, and every time you die, you basic basically it's it's Dragon Ball for cats, you know. <laughs> Seriously, you start off as like baby Gohan or Goku, and then every time you die, you power up and you get more, more and more powerful. And I'm kind of like, okay. <laughs> and then you you turn into like these different forms, and then you get different powers. So, am I gonna do it? Uh, I don't know. Um, we'll have to we'll have to circle back on that because right now, uh, not so much. So. Got it. Yeah, but, and but that one Parhelion of... game, the one the one Parhelion game, I thought that was yeah. really kind of cool. Yeah, I thought Yo, it was cool. Yo, Yohain, the Parhelion, that was really kind of a cool game. Yeah, a couple other things I played. Um, I played this uh, indie called Animal Well that was focused, it was featured on a uh, state of play uh, in the past. I don't know if you remember it, Kevin, but it's like a uh, kind of black and white, like uh, 2D uh like kind of action adventure game on there. A uh, very cool art style. I know Des, you played that one as well. I actually like that one quite a bit. So mm-hmm. on there. So, and just a little atmospheric you know, indie side scroller on there where, you know, you're navigating towards particular maps, that kind of thing. Um, I played Pacific drive on there. I don't know if you remember that one from, as another state of play, like you know unveiling uh as far as a game that was uh, shown first there and so you're playing that yeah, like, you're uh, driving the station wagon yeah through the apocalypse yeah okay. so and after playing that? that i actually enjoyed enjoyed it but i think it's something you're not going to enjoy kevin it's something to where i you don't you know, like the, station wagons the demo starts where you're basically looking around and trying to find parts to bolt onto your station wagon. And so it had like a lot of uh, like kind of thing to where you're kind of just building your station wagon up. And then you actually act the uh, controller motion to get into the car in the first person view on there, turn the key and all that stuff. And you're just kind of driving around aliens are attacking you and we, you know it's the end of the world and i really you know was trying to get my bearing through the time demo and uh had fun just kind of experimenting seeing what, what was out there in the world but uh you know um i'm not sure if it's it's not like it's i think it's more of a like a um if someone made a walking simulator into a car <laughs> you know so that's oh, it's kind of uh, it kind of explain a little bit. So are you but, solving puzzles while you drive? Is that what you're doing? Or? No, not necessarily, but you know, you got aliens out there out in the atmosphere like attacking you, and then there's gates that you have to try to figure out your way around and then so on and so forth. And you're like bolting like, you know, like uh, items that you find, like there's like a turbine engine and stuff. And so I just threw it in the trunk. I didn't figure out what to do with it. So on there, it was like some uh, floodlights I threw on the side of my station wagon. Uh, one part of the demo I was like trying to figure out because part of their, one of the passenger's side doors was not there. And so I was looking to see if I could find another passenger side door just lying on the ground so I could bolt it onto the station wagon on there. So you, you literally can... Take the trunk off. Uh, if you find another part, bolt that part on. You 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 know you have a magic blowtorch that you just happen to be carrying with you in the apocalypse and whatnot. 
<laughs> so, and uh, you know, you're actually started at a gas station, so you actually physically have to pull, you know, pick up the uh, um, pump and pump gas into your car and so on and so forth. So before I <laughs> got got into the car, I turned the key and then um, you know pointed towards the uh, shift and you know you actually have to like you know it's like pretend like if you're in first person mode basically in the game so that's crazy so i actually enjoyed it you know it's a little bit esoteric but it's something to where i thought it was you know above and beyond like you know it's not an arcadey type game it's more of a action adventure you're trying to figure out what's going on and trying to survive in your uh you know 70 station wagon so so um played that me and des played this uh you know match three game called uh spirit swap that was pretty fun very colorful uh, yeah it was i really enjoyed that uh max three fantastic uh type of type of system this one is like you basically match it and you throw different you know blocks i mean it's you know it, it's like you know what was that uh Puyo Puyo. Puyo. yeah yeah and Puyo Puyo. so it's it was fun though. I yeah. enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, Des, we both played this game called Capes that I know Desmond's been looking forward to. It's a yeah. superhero game. Yeah, it's a it's a tactical uh it's like XCOM meets like the X Men. So um looks looks fun. I was happy that I was able to play it. I guess it's I guess it's coming out for the uh Xbox uh game uh game pass. So I might be uh, I might be taking a look at it in uh, in the future, since I'm actually since since my actual you know Game Pass is is you know my it, it's on so I can actually you know it's there for the taking it's all it's yeah. a ripe ripe fruit yep. ready for you to pick so I also went to the Square Enix booth I uh, waited a long time to play Star Ocean Second Story ah. and. Uh, yeah, Star Ocean was great for the 10 minutes I got to play after waiting in line for almost 40 minutes. Um, and it was kind of irritating because I just, the demo, for whatever reason they set up, um, they, it's like it was in the middle of the game, actual game itself. And I guess I needed to follow a certain path. I went off and went off to a quote unquote new level, even though it's a remaster. <laughs> but. I was basically told, to okay, uh, yeah, you're, you know, you're getting to see a sneak preview of something you shouldn't have access to. Let me reload the save. After I waited, some yokel was sitting there for like 35 minutes playing the demo for the entire time I was waiting in line, <laughs> at least, and not getting kicked off the station for whatever reason. I, I came to find out later that he actually was like media and playing it for uh, uh, what. Uh, RPG website that he writes for, so, but it's still, still irritating. No. It's like, you know, they only had two kiosks, and you know, it's like out of everything <laughs> that they had these this big. I mean, we forgot to talk about Foam Stars too. We played Foam Stars oh, at the Lord. Uh, Square Enix booth. So Foam Stars is basically Square Enix is like you know spiritual successor to Splatoon. You know, you're throwing out bubbles instead of. Um, you know, goo, <laughs> Splatoon water, whatever you want to call it. So on there, free to play, of course. Uh, we were just playing this 4v4 mode on there, and it seemed like it's cool. I mean, I'm I'm kind of thinking it had that same vibe as Splatoon, so 
It's something I might check out since it's free to play on there. I'd probably be better off if I want to play a Splatoon-like game. I'll probably just fire up Splatoon instead. So, but uh, to get back to Star Ocean, yeah, I only wanted up playing like about ten minutes, and you know, I I would rather just sit down and play. I already kind of know what the game is all about anyway, so it's like you know, I got my taste. It wasn't worth waiting forty minutes in line for. I could tell you that right now. So. And that was the one uh, kind of outlier. So they also had uh, Dragon Quest uh, Adventures of Die, which is based on the manga and the anime series. And uh, it was only the roguelike mode, but uh, I'm looking forward to playing that. I, I like the way that played. It kind of reminded me of the uh, Dragon Quest Monsters games. So not Monsters, the Dragon Quest Heroes games, excuse me. So the like kind of Musou games was a little bit more action RPG versus uh Muso like if need be if if you could understand that so but all in all I think PAX was quite fun lots of food lots of good other extra activities I can't wait to go again so yeah same here it was a lot of fun um I would definitely go again with you buddy it was fun all right <laughs> so yeah that's pretty much about it and um for our next uh show that we're gonna have in two weeks remember. Uh, we'll be back to our, um, our our vessel line. So uh, please check our Discord or our, uh, I'm going to say our Twitter feed, but our X feed, and, um, and we can, uh, and you yeah. can hear what we talked about in the last episode, and, or you can listen to the last episode, because we would love to have your thoughts on the topic that we discussed. Yeah, it's the most influential gaming company of 2023. So, yeah, as you remember from last episode. So, yeah, the one, yeah, the ones who think that they are, which is hilarious. So, I think it should be pretty funny. Um, But you know what follows me? It's the Jabroni Gaming News. All right, thank you, Des. You're welcome, Joe. First thing on the docket for this episode, uh, lo and behold, some leaks are emerging about the Switch 2. So I guess at Gamescom, they had a private area, uh, Nintendo had their own private area where it was closed off and they had lots of security. And according to reports, they were uh, basically showing off the Switch 2 or what would be their new console um, running demos on here. So according to uh, sources to Eurogamer, they said that one Switch 2 demo uh, is understood to be an improved version of the Switch launch title Breath of the Wild running at a higher frame rate and resolution than the original game did on hardware targeting the new console specs on here. And then they had a, a Another source say that Nintendo was showing off uh, the Matrix Awakens Unreal Engine 5 tech demo on here. So, and I guess they said that that um, Matrix Awakens demo was uh, running using NVIDIA's DLSS upscaling technology, using ray tracing enabled and visuals comparable to both the PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S on here um you know and this is stated so even though it seemed like it was running games comparable on the system it might not have the raw power of either the ps5 or the series x because of obviously if it's portable on there but they're kind of leaning on the dlss the deep learning super sampling 
uh, with NVIDIA to be able to get, you know, basically higher graphical um, settings and better frame rates on there. So, and so we'll have to see how DLS, DLSS works on this new um, system. And I hope that, you know, their partnership with NVIDIA kind of shows something new to the market because obviously both the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S run on AMD graphics you know technology if need be so and uh hopefully if they do you know bring out or demo like um games like breath of the wild on here that uh you know we don't have to double dip and buy the game again that's hopefully a, the dlss um technology that they're using will basically be able to be used on your prior switch library at least so but uh you know according to uh what people are surmising it's coming and it's going to come in 2024. I think they want to probably get it out as soon as they possibly can. But, uh, you know, at least we got a little confirmation that the next gen, uh, switch is coming on there. And hopefully, you know, maybe we'll see with a Metroid prime four, you know, and some other titles that maybe will show off the, uh, technology of the system on here so what you guys is hope for a switch too i mean we've talked about this ad nauseum in previous episodes but i just want the better graphical fidelity for nintendo i think that will you know help them out i agree let's do it nintendo you know what's up let's go yep. i think i would pay more attention to the switch if uh is the point because you know i mainly use the switch as a home console i do not take it on the go I don't play it in bed. I don't take it on the can. So it's like, <laughs> and who would want to do that anyway? That's where the phone is meant to be. Ha, ha, ha. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, the, the problem with the Switch is that for the longest time, the the weakness of the chipset was never an issue because, well, I won't say nobody, but me. I wasn't thinking third-party games on the Switch. No way. I have a, I had a Switch to buy Nintendo first-party games. But now that Bayonetta 3 runs like a crap show, mm. it's affecting first-party content, games that need a crisp frame rate. So if this thing can... is has more horsepower again instead of you know 4k and uh, you know all that stuff i want to know what the frames are and if this you know dlsr and uh all the other nvidia code acronyms that that are supposed to increase performance on lower spec hardware can be employed on this thing, then I'm here for it 100%. What I would love is a Nintendo console on par power and performance with a PS5 or a Series X. I know I'm not going to get that. Unfortunately. Unfortunately, yes. But that's what I would love because I think if Nintendo did do that 
not only would they be able to put to put Sony on alert as far as real competition, I think we would even get. I mean, the reason I haven't gone back to Bayonetta three is because it runs like crap. Mm. And the idea of having to go to a pirate bay on emulation to run that game decently, even though I spent the money to purchase the game, just bothers me. So that's what I'm hoping. That That's what I would love to see. I know I'm not going to see that. But if this thing is maybe a half step more powerful than the, the Series S, maybe I can start looking at filling out my Nintendo collection with a couple of third-party games, maybe, if they run reasonably, if they're, if they're bringing something unique to the table, some play mechanic that I can't get on PlayStation, or uh, a, a, something something uniquely Nintendo that they typically do because their systems are, you know, it is what it is, gimmick-based, if they can implement something unique from a third party perspective to these games, then I would want, then I, then I feel that I would be more inclined to give Nintendo a look for third party content. That's awful. Yeah. Yeah. We'll start to see. I mean, I don't have to, I don't, I haven't resorted to installing any sort of switch emulators on any of my other devices. Yeah, I'm hopeful I could just take the cart or download the game I actually own and play it on an actual Nintendo system at uh, just as as well as it would run off of a PC and or of a Steam Deck, you know. So, all right. Um, okay, so hypothetically, what is a Steam Deck on the high end? Is what six hundred bucks? Uh, Steam Deck, the base runs uh, four hundred bucks. So. I mean, on the high end with the the SSD, is it six or five? Probably got the doors. Probably about six. It's six. All right. So, would you be willing to pay six hundred bucks for a Switch Two if it was performance performed comparably or surpassed? I would think that a company the size of Nintendo, if they put out a handheld. At six hundred bucks, it it would surpass a Steam Deck's performance just because of the the sheer volume of components Nintendo would be able to purchase. Uh, would would you would you guys be willing to fork out that kind of money for a Switch too? At um, most for me, four hundred. So yeah, I don't think it. I don't think it could command that. You know, I mean, it might. I mean, if if it's gonna come out and says, "Look, you know, we can do all this plus it's a handheld," I, I mean, I don't know. I think again, the, I don't use it. I don't use it as a handheld, so you know, and I, I just think the limitations would would be too great, you know, for 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 them to be able to to command that much money. I just don't think. I I think the system that we're gonna get is gonna be comparable to probably. Probably the S, maybe a little less than the S, 
no no SSD or anything like that. I mean, it'd be awesome if it did, but you know, and it'll probably run about three ninety nine. You know, that's that's my that's my uh, kind of estimate. I honestly think they could squeeze a, a handheld, maybe a half step step more powerful than the S. Mm. Uh, at at a maybe a price point, I think it would be more expensive than the current Switch, but I don't think it, I don't think it would be you know bank breaking, you know, mm. I don't think it would be five or six hundred bucks. I think Nintendo has the has the purchasing power to up the ante a little bit in the performance and still keep the prices re- within reason. Um, Keep in mind, so. keep in mind, Nintendo usually doesn't try to sell at a loss, so you know, they're trying not. to make that money. So that's yeah. why I'm thinking they would, they would not be willing to push anything up, you know, past that because they're only about incremental, incremental um, um, improvements, you know. Yeah. So they make those incremental improvements and hope that people will be like, "Oh, damn, this is great! Let's go." You know, and and most people are so. Yeah, I mean, if the Series S, and we don't know this for sure, but if the Series S performance is a target, by the time this thing comes out, those chipsets will be what almost seven years old. Yeah. So I would think I would think that they would be, you know, implementing. I, I know they're going with with um, in Nvidia. I think they'd still be able to implement some of the NVIDIA performance boosts on those, on a chipset that could match or slight or outperform slightly a Series S and still get it in at a reasonable price, still allow them to make a profit on each console sold. Uh, but because you know Nintendo is so uh, you know price conscious they're 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 probably the most price conscious of the three yep they're i'm you know even that is probably a pipe dream I really believe it is <laughs> i hey, I think it would be great if they were able to come out come out the box and be all like you know hey hey, I'd be like sweet. Yay, let's go, but that's not dare happen. say, dare dare say, okay, dare say. Ah, but then 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 they would do the same. That that would put them. In. Yeah, okay, that's, I'll, that's I'll, on I'll, their agenda. Because I was about to say, it's like I would just like to see them. What if they? What if? What if they could come out with a? Like a, a literal handheld, J- just okay. Keep keep the handheld what it is, right? Whatever the Switch Two is, fine. But if they could come up with a powered base that actually added performance to the handheld when docked, where the performance boost specifically only affects frame rate and resolution not features but 
frame rate and resolution. I would be happy with that. And maybe the customer could choose from a dock, a power dock that's going to add the boost or just the basic dock that is just going to serve as a means to, to keep your, your switch to charged. As long as the performance delta is just affecting performance and resolution and not features. I mean, I've, I've, I've been filled I've, with these. Yeah, hope springs eternal, my friend. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, but that I, is also a pipe dream as well. Yeah, I know. I just, they're not into that. I don't think <laughs> they're they're not into pushing. They don't have to. I think they're going to innovate enough in their space, but not necessarily to the point of uh, PS5, PS5 Pro, Series X. So. Oh yeah, I, I'm not I'm not expecting that. I just don't I'm just don't want to run Bayonetta three like a like a uh, a flip card. Yeah, I rather, that's uh, all I'm asking for. If if I could just get that, you know, I would be absolutely thrilled. I think and, with D, DLSS, I think they'll have the capability. We'll have to see as far as how things do run on that. So you know, and I'm I'm hopeful for the technology to kind of come into play to kind of save the fidelity portion of it. And if Nintendo is cranking out the good content. And it's comparable to uh, Series S, PlayStation 5, 4 Pro, Xbox One X. You know, I, I, to, to me, that would be whipped cream and a cherry. And we'll see yep. if Nintendo brings the fudge and the nuts. <laughs> so, so to speak. If, so to speak, yeah. Uh, speaking of Nintendo, yeah, there's uh, kind of rumors being bandied about because Nintendo Directs are usually on September. And so one interview with Yoshihiro Nagoshi, the... Uh, you know, famous producer from Sega that's now with NetEase that worked on the Yakuza series. He also pr directed and produced uh, F-Zero GX, which was the last, you know, full F-Zero title to come out for the GameCube way back when. But he has stated he is open to working on F-Zero again should the opportunity arise on here. So there is subsequent rumors now going about that there is a new f-zero in the works for the switch on there and it's being rumored that is actually part of a uh, nintendo online thing where it's going to be a multiplayer game uh, on there kind of to replace like the uh, pac-man 99 game in fact so so that's what's being bandied about right now. So I'll have to see if because this the F Zero is on the like the short list of games that Nintendo fans have been clamoring for the game to come back a bit. Mm -hmm. So so there was another leak which I don't even have in the outline. It's fresh off the rumor mill that uh, Gotham Knights was rated for the Nintendo Switch in Singapore. So imagine Gotham Knights on the Switch. We'll have to see. How that goes, so. Well, okay then. Yeah. So, but uh, any thoughts, you guys? Are uh, Nintendo Directs coming? I don't know what you guys well, would want to see, you know. So. We'll have to wait and see. Because yeah, I, sure. I mean, F Zero would be kind of cool. I know that that'd be a game that's a lot of that would be on a lot of people's wish lists. So. If they make yeah. it a multiplayer game, like a '99 game, like we did with Pac-Man '99 and uh, Tetris '99. 
I think it'd be awesome, if, especially oh, yeah. if they make it to where it's a retro style in the F-Zero, like SNES or Game Boy Advance style, but where it's, you know, multiple people are on the board racing at once. I think to me that would be nuts. So we'll see if it's a, mm. ba- a Battle Royale racer. Yeah, I think that would be kind of crazy. So 99 Falco, Falcos and Captain Falcons on this road at the same time. Ugh. It'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. I don't know what else is going to come out, but, you know, you got your uh, tinfoil hat, rumor leakers, and so on and so forth. But, you know, there's one person on Twitter, you know, doing vague hints like we're sitting there playing Where's Waldo with these rumors and whatnot. So mm-hmm. just show me the money. Show At this me point, the they're just throwing they're just throwing bones in a cup and and <laughs> read the, the, tea leaves. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, got, they got the, the hungry dogs all circling these rumor mongers trying to get you clicks, know, you know, so break out the chicken blood and the bleached <laughs> bones, you know, <laughs> what is the next switch going to be? Ooh, hey, it's uh, yeah. You know, yeah, like, it, uh, it, like it, like you said, it gets clicks. So, yeah, yeah. it does get clicks and attention. So and gets people's imaginations running wild. So we'll have to see. So. Uh, but uh, also too, um, what was talked about, uh, what was unveiled, and this is kind of relating to um, like a dragon, like we were talking about Yakuza earlier. But uh, like a dragon, Gaiden, it will uh, include both Daytona 2 and Fighting Vipers 2 as arcade games you could actually play in the game in the titles. So I think that was kind of cool. This yeah, is actually really cool. the. First time that Daytona 2 is actually making a port, and, and it's actually called in the game not as Daytona 2, but as a Sega Arcade Racer 2, So because they don't have the Daytona license. It's going to be <laughs> Sega Racing Classic 2 mm-hmm. on there, So uh, and also include Fighting Vipers 2, which only received the Dreamcast port in Japan and Europe, and I've never played Fighting Vipers 2. I would have loved to have tried it, but... Yeah, it also has a couple of uh, Sega Master System games in there, Flicky and Galaxy Force as well. So, on top of every other mini game known to man, including Hostess's Bars and Darts and all sorts of other Yakuza, like a Dragon shenanigans, of course, as usual. So, on there, but uh, we'll have to see. But I, uh, that makes it almost worth picking up this game at launch for me to be able to play. Uh, Daytona 2, um, I've only played it sparingly at arcade. It never got to a home port. And so I think that would be lots of fun. So any excitement for um, these Sega games to be played in Like a Dragon, Kev? Yeah, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I, 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 you know, if we're just thinking on the same pattern of thinking out loud, I'd love to see, you know, maybe dynamite deca one and two added to that at some point but uh yeah that's great um i'm just glad that they're returning back to the beat-em-up because to me that's what yakuza is about the beat-em-up i i had no interest in playing that turn-based stuff yeah and what i played is like a traditional yakuza game so so Mm -hmm. Play quite well, and I, I I felt the graphics were popping 
as well. And it's a lower price title as well. It's like supposed to be a side story. So. Mm. Cool. Uh, and other news, Baldur's Gate 3. They are, uh, Larian has announced that they are working on eventually introducing crossplay. It's in the roadmap for the game. So they said that this feature will enable players on PC, PS5, and Xbox, once the version does come out, to be able to play together online. So it's, um, it's not obviously ready for launch, but it's always in the planning, according to Larian's director of publishing, Michael Douse, it's in the roadmap, and though we had an idea of when we like to get ready for, we don't want to put a date on there until we're sure on here. So right now, Baldur's Gate 3 does have cross-save compatibility between platforms, so if you happen to own the game both on PC and PS5, you're able to carry your progress back and forth on there. You are required to log into a Larian account to be able to do so. And, but uh, not ha- you don't have to have a PlayStation Plus subscription or additional purchase on there. So and so, uh, we'll have to see. But uh, it's kind of cool that at least they're introducing crossplay, especially between PC and uh, um, consoles on there for that. So as I know, some some of our listeners may, might be playing Baldur's Gate 3 on PC and might not want to have to double dip, especially for a $70 title, <laughs> mm-hmm. at least. So and be able to take care of that. So I wouldn't blame them. That's crazy. But it's kind of cool. I mean, it's not like, you know, you know, remember years past where people were all like, you know, that crossplay were for the gamers. We're gonna hold hands and sing kumbaya because this platform doesn't like crossplay, and we love crossplay. So. Yeah, I remember. So, you know, one thing we didn't cover, and this is something that came about since we recorded this last episode, Sony is raising their PlayStation Plus prices by up to 35% on here. So, they did announce basically that they're. Um, Raising the price for both PlayStation Plus Essential, PlayStation Plus Extra, and Premium. So, so uh, as far as for U.S. audiences, Essential gets bumped up from fifty nine ninety nine to seventy nine ninety nine. PlayStation Plus Extra is getting bumped up to one hundred and thirty four dollars and ninety nine cents a year, and then PlayStation Plus Premium, which we kind of talk trash on premium tier, one fifty nine ninety nine a year. So, wow. So, uh, according to uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment Director of Content Acquisition and Operations, the price will, quote-unquote, will enable us to continue bringing high-quality games and value-added benefits to your PlayStation Plus subscription service. So, so Good for us. Believe it or not, but uh, I guess inflation is real, or, you know, we've got to make that money, honey. So... <laughs> So I, I'm willing to take it because I think PlayStation Plus, I think um, if you haven't signed on to PS Plus, I think the extra tier is the way to go. So Yeah, that's the sweet spot. That's yeah. the sweet spot. Premium gives you some, like, you know, about five PSP games a month or whatever they mm-hmm. add on to the service, plus some game trials on there. And, uh, yeah, not worth the extra scratch, at least so on here and then last but not least for this gaming segment ea is finally done 
Gamer is a solid, so they've actually gotten Star Wars Jedi Survivor running uh, adequately on their console platforms. So, so Respawn has uh, re- released the latest patch uh, for uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, and now it's completely reworked its performance mode that offers a solid 60 frames per second uh, when ray tracing is disabled both on the series x and playstation 5 and pc so so it's kind of crazy that this game has just been like released hot out the oven without letting it cool off on there but uh you know um it is now semi-functional so are are you gonna dip into jedi cunningham's adventures now that uh it's running semi-functional on modern consoles any of you two I'm gonna need a uh, what's it called? Um, damn it! What is it called? I'm gonna need a sale. Uh, a five dollar discount. Yeah, or a, a sale. Some yeah. sales. Sales. Mm-hmm. This is ridiculous. Okay, I'm. Okay, this game what came back at came out in March, April, yeah, or something like that, mm-hmm. and they're just now getting a performance patch together oh yeah, yeah. uh like i I'm, i listen to digital foundry quite a bit and they're just kind of really raking the coals about uh jedi survivor because it has a lot of like shader compilations um as far as a lot of stutter on the pc version and also on the console versions and whatnot but it just seemed like just like with the prior game with the jedi fallen order that uh, respawn they released this way too early even that game was not so well as far as performance wasn't uh, all that great to begin with. So it just, you know, fool me once, that's great. Fool me twice, now I'm the fool in this case. So I didn't even touch this game, much less go around to it. I think eventually it might even come to a service that I could have access to it and be able to play Oh, it'll it be in somebody's service for sure. Well, but definitely. I mean, this is, this, Star Wars is one of the biggest licenses in the world entertainment licenses in the world ea is one of the biggest publishers in the world and this is what how they treat it i don't understand now you know say what you will about the level of quality in star wars content today but you still can't deny it's star wars brings in brings in a lot of money maybe not as much as it used to but it still draws attention and for this game as so critically acclaimed as the first one was to be thrown out here like the way the you know the way it was with such terrible performance makes no sense to me we're not talking we're not it's not like you know cousin jethro's development studio working out of somebody's garage got the license of a of, you know of of dreams and just just did trying to do their freaking best to get this game out. We're talking about EA. They know how to do a qual put out a quality game. They I just feel that they think that they that some of these larger studios, these larger publishers just don't feel that they need to put the game out as is. We'll patch it later. In this case, you know, several months after the fact, just for a performance patch. And, well, you know, it will be, be all right. Eh, there's, still, no bias. 
They're still technically working on the game because I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, you know, if, if when they first released this game, they said, "Oh, this is the next, you know, current gen version of Star Wars Star Wars Jedi series because it's only coming out for PS5 and Xbox Series X and S and coming out for PC." Well, they have subsequently announced that they are working on a port of Jedi Survivor for both PS4 and Xbox One. So they are currently working on that as well. So Weird. Retarded. So, yeah, they want that Christmas cash because they're going to release it for PS4 and Xbox One. The, you know, basically have a, um, you know, last-gen version of the game. Well, you know, a lot of people, a lot of kids are getting hand-me-down consoles. Yeah. This Christmas, if, you know, if they haven't received them already. And they want to cash in on that. So it makes sense. I'm just I'm just kind of shocked at the way EA has treated this license with this game. Well, That's the thing that kind of that kind of surprises me because I had no interest in in really if I was going to play it, I was I would have played it on PC where I could do the you know dismemberment mods, but. I doubt that my PC could run this game in a, in a respectable fidelity. So I had kind of written this game off anyway. But this is this is just this is just laziness. It's lazy. They're probably working hard. It's just the point that they probably no. didn't give, give themselves enough time, just like Anthem, no. just like any other games from EA. No, no, it's laziness, dude. It's laziness. You, we're not, again, I can't give these people, can't can't give these people, let these people slide when we're talking about multi-million dollar, if not billion dollar publishers that have hundreds of millions of dollars allocated for the development of a game. This, no, I I, I, I can't, I can't, I can't. That's not an excuse for me anymore. Maybe it probably never was. There is no excuse for a company the size of EA to let a license as big as Star Wars, a major narrative, not even multiplayer. Okay, maybe you can make a case. Well, if this was a big multiplayer game and it had problems, and da, 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 okay. But this is a single-player action narrative game, and they're just now getting the performance together. No, it's no excuse for that. No excuse. And that is the Jabroni Gaming News for this episode. All right, so game nights take place every Thursday, 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, whatever you want to play, those that are, or if you're digging what we're doing here and you're part of our Discord community, just post what you'd like to play. Let us know, and if we don't have it, we can get a hold of it. And uh, Thursdays is when we set aside that time to play games and interact with those who are have joined our little community over in Discord world. So you don't even have to be playing games. You can just join the voice chat. 
nine times out of ten, I'm not playing anything. I'm doing chores or working on something. But when time allows, I can jump. I will jump in to the voice chat uh, just to hang out with folks, and it's always a good time. So, if that sounds interesting to you. I would highly encourage you to join our Discord. So you might be asking, hey, Shonov, how do I join the Discord? Well, it's easy. We head on over to the app formerly known as Twitter and uh, hit go to at Gaming Vessels, G-A-M-I-N-G-V-E-S-S-E-L-S. Click the Discord link in the bio and you're in. So there's no waiting period. There is no Patreon tier list to join. None of that stuff. We just ask that you be a good person, likes talking about video games, and we're very, very sure that you'll have a good time. You know, varying opinions on the industry, varying opinions on games, all expressed without the nonsense that typically goes on with much larger social media platforms. So for those of y'all that like talking about games but can do without the ridiculousness uh give us a shot see what see how it see see how it goes and i'm pretty sh- confident that you're going to have a good time so highly encourage you to join our discord channel just another reminder we will not be recording another show as mentioned earlier so no show coming up next week we will be back the following week and that's bringing episode 221, 221 to a close. So for Dez, a.k.a. the Bay Area Terror, a.k.a. the High Res Lover. That's me. Or hater, depending on <laughs> what we're talking about. <laughs> that's that Nintendo. A.k.a. <laughs> the Cat Daddy, a.k.a. That Gamer Step Daddy. And for Trader Joe, a.k.a. Jabroni Chief. Yeah, yeah. But you might also know him as the Food Max of Gaming who can maximize your gaming dollar. I'm Shonuf71, a.k.a. Digadoolamite. That purple bling bling, y'all. And we'll be back next time. Episode 222 for your ears. Peace.